to truly believe in the magic. Hey, Magic fans, Dante Marcatelli here from the Orlando Magic in Fox Sports, Florida. You're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Paul, Garen, and Mikey. Go Magic! What's up, Magic fans? Welcome to Penny for Your Thoughts, uh, episode 40 uh, from Orlando Magic UK. Um, we've got a bit of an emergency pod, really, isn't it? Much like uh, the other guys, the six-man show and everyone else has done. Uh, with the breaking news uh, last couple of days about the uh, potential new head coach. So uh, without further ado, let's uh, introduce you to two of the happiest men, I believe, in England. Um, how are we two? Go on, Mikey. Well, mate, first of all, before we get on to the football, happy anniversary for Thursday. Do you and Thank Amy. you very much. Correct. And uh, second of all, I bought you some salt because I thought you might have ran out. So... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, sprinkle yeah, that no, on. I got, I got plenty, mate. I got have plenty. You? You're good. I thought yeah, you yeah, had yeah. plenty the other night. <laughs> but let's play with this, right? Paul's gonna Paul's gonna say the same thing, right? We didn't win the game how we wanted to. Absolutely. Um, it was a soft penalty. We should have had a penalty that I think was more of a penalty in the first half, or or in normal time, the free kick. For Denmark's pen, uh, free kick was very soft. So the better team won, even though it wasn't quite how we wanted it to uh, controversy. Yeah, I've got, I've got to echo that. You know, you're the better team and you haven't had much luck in uh, tournaments gone by. Um, <clears throat> what with, uh, you know, a certain hand of a little Argentinian <laughs> and uh, a couple of goals disallowed. So, um, you know, it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? So, um yeah, how do you see it, Paul? Mate, as I've just uh, as I said to you a short time before we came on, there's a Irish guy, Irish, ex-Irish footballer, who's broke um, the penalty down. And you know my opinion, I didn't think it was a penalty at the time. Um, he's saying about how the hip check is a very, very used um, tactic by defenders and it often doesn't get picked up on. And when he showed, when they broke the video down, there is this hip check. So it's actually changed my opinion a little bit that uh, was it, was it possibly that Kevin, wasn't. Was it Kevin Doyle? It might well have been, mate, yeah. 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 It was It was very good at what he broke down, how he did it. Um, and let's be fair, yeah, we perhaps should have had a penalty earlier. We The free kick wasn't, that Denmark scored from, wasn't the greatest of contacts, but it's modern football. It is what it is. You know, as a, as a guy who grew up watching 70s and 80s football, there's very, very few of these that are actually free kicks as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally but different hey, now, hey, isn't it? Hey, but, but gee, I've got to ask you, what's the atmosphere like on Pluto? Because I know you went as far <laughs> as the moon, but, but the man on the moon already knew that, that, that it was coming home. So you had to travel further. So you're currently broadcasting from uh, the rarefied atmosphere of Pluto, aren't you, mate? Get away Absolutely. From yeah, that's why I haven't sort of seen any of this stuff on social media. Just need to have a bit of a blackout. Um, He's not got a very good until, Wi-Fi signal up there. No, until until this uh, dark cloud um, travels away, um, I'll, I'll be staying on uh, planet Pluto. So, uh, yeah. No, but congratulations to you boys and um, to all the other... English uh, Orlando Magic UK list. Don't congratulate us yet because we haven't won anything. Yeah. Well, got you got to the final. We've only got to the final in the first yeah. time in, in my lifetime. So, 
Yeah. No, there we go. There we go. Anyway, let's move on to Orlando it's more Magic important news. things. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, the main bit of news since our last recording on Tuesday night with Josh Cohen is that the Magic are drawing near to announce the next head coach with Dallas Mavericks assistant Jamal Mosley expected to be announced as the new head coach very soon, uh, per Adrian Wojnarowski. Um, the Magic currently do remain as one of three teams still looking on hiring a new head coach with the New Orleans Pelicans and Washington Wizards uh, also still with a vacancy. Um, a finalist for the Magic job in Wes Unsell Jr. Uh, continues to be a lead assistant, uh, a lead candidate, sorry, for the Washington Post um, and a favourite of many Magic fans for the head coaching role in Kenny Atkinson has agreed to become a lead assistant with the Golden State Warriors. So that was at the two, about 24 hours before we'd heard this news about Mosley. Uh, and the last uh, sort of snippet from the coaching circles uh, is that David Vanterpool, who was a favourite of mine, uh, has agreed to become an assistant with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, so that's a little bit disappointing because I was maybe hoping he'd come an assistant. Anyway, there we go. So a little bit more about Jamal Mosley for those who don't know him, because, you know, unless you, you're really, really into your basketball and, you know, you know the Dallas Mavericks quite well. Um, Mosley is 42 years old, born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and attended the University of Colorado at Boulder. He went undrafted in 2001 in the NBA draft and didn't get an opportunity in the league as a player. But he did play in Australia, I believe, for two years, um, Spain for a year, and possibly Korea. So um, after that, in 2005, he was appointed as a player development coach uh, with the Denver Nuggets for two seasons. Uh, he was then promoted as an assistant coach in Denver uh, in 2007 until 2010. Uh, he then got a job with the Cleveland Cavaliers again as an assistant coach between 2010 and 2014 before then getting a job with the Dallas Mavericks under Rick Carlisle, which, uh, well, hopefully he's vacating soon. So, guys, how do you feel about the potential of Mosley as the next head coach? I, I, I'm very happy with it. Um, after doing, like you've done your research as well, G, um, he's the right age, um, 42, the sort of age we thought would mesh really well with this young group of players. Um, he's got a ton of experience as a player development coach, assistant coach. Um, I know I probably was one of the ones that got a little bit carried away with Penny a few weeks ago. As, as yeah, the topic, really? But, hey, <laughs> <laughs> but we're fans, right? We're allowed to get a little bit excited about these sorts of things and change our mind. But I think when you Isn't look at this higher, obviously it's not made official yet, but we're expecting that in the next day or two, hopefully. Um, the front office clearly wanted somebody who's a little bit younger, but with plenty of NBA coaching experience, something that Penny didn't have. Um, interestingly, um, I don't know if you guys have read um, Josh Robbins' article this week, but Jeff Weltman was actually assistant GM when he was with the Denver Nuggets and Mosley was uh, the player development coach. So they've crossed paths before, um, something we've talked about before. Um, he's got a lot of support from people around the league. Luka Doncic has been singing his praises. George Carl, Mark Spears, Andre Robertson, um, uh, Richard Jefferson um, said yeah. he's one of the best assistant coaches he's worked with in 17 years. 
Um, and I've been watching a few of his interviews and stuff that he's done on YouTube, and he speaks very well. He's, he seems like a very hands-on coach. Um, I know the Sixth Man Show talked about it, the, the viral LeBron video where he tells him to shut the F up, um, which I think all goes down very well with us. Um, he's got a chip on his shoulder, um, and I'm just excited to see what he's going to do with this, with, with this young group of players, to be honest. Yeah. I, I feel very much the same. I think he's a it's a real interesting prospect. Um, as Mikey said, there's a huge amount of buzz around him, uh, not just from Magic fans, but around the league. But players and people really clearly respect him. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm good with it, and it's also going to be very positive um, in the media if we do have a coach of colour. I had yeah, going to play very well. And yeah, I'm not definitely. saying that should be the reason, but the guy's clearly got the ability um, and the CV to back up that promotion. You look how quickly he, promote, he, he moved through the coaching development. So uh, what was it, 2005 in Denver? He was development coach there. Two years later, he's promoted to assistant. So he's clearly got an ability and he's, he's not been out of work since, has he? So, yeah. No. That's right. And he was also the uh, Mavs Summer League coach a couple of seasons ago. So yep. he's had, you know, some, uh, albeit limited, head coaching sort of experience uh, in the Summer League. Um, and he was also brought in as the lead assistant because of his sort of defensive specialisms. Yep. Um, and that's something we talked about on the pod last week, is that, you know, uh, you want a, a defensive first coach. Uh, so, you know, let's hope he can come in and hit the ground running. Um, so, as we stated, Mosley comes in as an assistant who worked under Rick Carlisle for six years. Um, so, guys, what can Mosley bring to the magic that we would have, you know, he would have learnt under Carlisle? Right, well, you've just touched, you've just touched on it um, for me from uh, the defensive side of things. That's been his role since 2018. Um, he is their defensive coordinator. He is responsible for their defensive sets. Um, Clearly, they've been perennial, um, a perennial playoff team, and clearly he has a good ability at that. Uh, I think he also fits our position with um, his. You've, you've touched on it again in, in in the summary of him. He's got worldwide experience. I think he also played in Mexico. Um, he's so he's he's aware of other leagues. He's involved in the um, NBA to Africa program. Heavily, mm. um, you know, assistant coach at the Cavs in 2010. If memory serves me, they weren't a bad team then, were they? They were quite a decent team, weren't they? Did we did we have a bit of a game with them around that time? <laughs> 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 you know, so so they he's got good experience to bring, um, and he has an experience of being development coach. And clearly in Dallas, he's been doing that. He's uh, quite, as I read, been quite heavily involved with uh, Luca. Well, okay, he came as a pretty polished player anyway when he arrived in the league because of his European experience. But the guy's developed. The guy has developed. He's got, he's took it to another level. So he seems to fit with our position and our timeline. Um, at 42, this is going to be his first head coaching uh position if he does get the job and we are still talking in here 
And let's be fair, as we've already said, he's worked his way through the ranks. So coming up and learning the craft, he's learned under a very, very good coach in Rick Carlisle. So I think he will have picked up an awful lot. Um, Rick Carlisle's a good coach. He knows how to motivate players. Uh, I think we've actually landed on somebody who could well be a bit of a diamond in the rough. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think working with George Carl and Rick Carlisle, I think he's going to be very well prepared. Um, he's going to get the players working hard. He's going to be somebody, and you can see this from the way he talks. He's going to be holding players accountable. Oh, yeah, yeah um, accountable. And I think, like we said, we've already talked defensively. Um, one of the interviews I watched, um, he was on about one of his main coaching philosophies is building relationships. Um, developing a feel for your team and who you've got on your roster um, and about putting these players in the best position to succeed, which is something that we've heard Jeff Weltman talk about for, well, since the day he's been here, really. Um, but he's always on about fundamentals. Um, and I think we're going to see a lot of that. So teaching, making sure you're staying on players, so especially defensively guarding your man, making the right play, making the right read, when when to help, when to switch, all of that. I think that's something he's going to be very sort of keyed in on. Um, and, and I think the other thing Paul said about him playing overseas is if players aren't, if they're not playing up to the expectations that he's setting for them, He's he's not gonna he's not gonna hold back and turn around and go well if you're not gonna work you're gonna be out of the league in a year or two years because things can quickly change so um, I think there's one or two players we could probably think of, think of that need a bit of a kick at the backside um, but maybe they need also need a bit of an arm around them as well who knows um, so I think yeah I, I think defensively we're going to be set up well we're going to be tough to play against well prepared well organised. Um, and and yeah, and and, I, and we just got to build upon that. Really, it feels like it could be a nice continuation from Coach Clifford. Yes, definitely. Mm. Yeah, interestingly though, um, I was listening to the uh, a Mavs podcast uh, when they had their vacancy, and a lot of people were putting him forward yeah. for the job before Jason Kidd got it. Uh, so I know there's a couple of uh, disappointed Mavericks fans, uh, and like you guys have said, he's very highly thought of. Yeah, I know Luca openly come out and basically said I'd be happy with him as as a head coach if if the Mavs took him on, which is a massive endorsement. Yeah, massive endorsement. I would say it's one of these names that I think we all said originally that don't be surprised if it's somebody that you've not necessarily heard of that comes into the frame. I expect somebody that we've had that one of the two guys from our front office have had some form of connection to. I think we always expected that, and. Don't be surprised if it's a name that hadn't been linked with us previously. Um, so yeah, it's I, I, I feel quite positive about this. I do, I do like it, I do like the idea of it. Yeah, so moving on, if he does get the job, what assistant coaches um, would you guys like to see? Now, bearing in mind, um, the Mavericks, we've all got the same know, answer. Jay I know we probably have, yeah, yeah. But the Mavericks, um, Jason Kidd's going to be bringing in his own staff, let's be honest. They might keep one or two. Um, and the names uh, of the assistant coaches, obviously, Daryl Armstrong's the one on, on the tip of our really? tongue. Um, no, who'd have thought? 
Mike Weiner, Zach Guthrie, and Jenny Busek um, were the other assistant coaches. So you, you'd think that potentially one or two may come over also, because um, I think the Mavs uh, are going to bring in JJ Berea and Jason Terry um, as part of Jason Kidd's staff, from what I read. So obviously, we all want Daryl Armstrong, don't we? Yeah, um, right, of course. And then after that, for me, you probably want somebody, maybe an ex-head coach, yeah. um, a bit like what Atlanta did with Nate McMillan when they had him as an assistant. Okay, he got the, the head coach job thereafter. Um, but there's, you know, I'm sure there's a bunch of coaches there uh, on the scrap heap at the moment that could do a fantastic job as a, uh, you know, an assistant or a lead assistant. So uh, any, any other thoughts to that, guys? I think we've already got one on on the coaching staff now, Ty Corbin. I don't see why he yeah. shouldn't be a candidate. He's he's played in the league. He's been a head coach. He's been an assistant head coach. He already knows this group of players. I don't. Obviously, we don't know the ins and outs of what assistant coaches do on a day to day basis. But looking from the outside in, why why he's he's the perfect fit to me for somebody like Mosley or somebody of his sort of experience. A um, couple of other names, maybe Mike Brown or Terry Stotts, um, possibly. Um, but I think that experience is going to be very important for somebody who's a first-time head coach. Do they feel like too big a name to be sitting in the background? And, um, and sitting in the background is probably a bad phrase for it, but you know what I mean. You know, yeah, um, I, I think that not, not taking the limelight. No, no, I know what you mean. But maybe yeah. someone like the old uh, Pacers coach who got let go. He's had one year's experience, and you know he's he's yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. So I mean, this is where I've got to be honest. This is, of the things that he asked us, this was the one I kind of found hardest because he doesn't have an NBA pedigree playing wise. So you can't look and think right. Well, he worked closely with such and such and such and such through the years. Um, it's all it's all coaching with the NBA for uh, Mosley. Um, so yeah, Daryl Armstrong is the is the very obvious one. Um, I think as a fit for the Magic, it would be perfect if we could get him to come in as an assistant. We ha- I, I can't remember who it was when we had them on who said that we needed somebody who can inspire players and attract players to the team. He is one of those people. He is one of those people that could do that. Um, you know, uh, he's an Orlando Magic Hall of Famer. Cracking. It'd be a cracking assistant. I think it was Anthony from the Ozone podcast. I think it was. He was talking yeah. about Penny coming in as the head coach. Yeah. Having that. So Knowing the so, organisation. Yeah. Yeah. So Daryl fits that. Um, I do very much like the idea of somebody, one or two remaining from the previous staff, um, such as Ty Corbin, to help with the transition. Um, that they already know the, the workings, that they already know the strengths and weaknesses of the players. Uh, you're probably in a better position to hit the ground running. So I, I just echo the thoughts that you've kind of got. But yeah, I do like the idea of bringing in somebody else who is a former head coach as, as experienced for... Jamal if we do have him and having Daryl Armstrong and Bo Outlaw back in the same organisation would be a lot of fun to be around so uh, 
couple yeah. other a couple um, other names. I know Paul said about people that are already on the staff. Pat Delaney and Steve Hetzel both yeah. interviewed for the head coaching job. From what I've read as well, they've got a lot of fans around the league with 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 other coaches and stuff like that. I think the only thing it might possibly stop them staying on is if Steve Clifford goes and gets a head coaching yeah. job and, and they'll go yeah. with him, I'd imagine. But if mm. he doesn't, then I don't see why. I, I think we always, like Weltman talked about continuity last year, and I think having coaches that have worked with this group of players is going to be important, especially in the first year with with um, with Mosley coming in. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if there's some sort of conversation if if Mosley comes in. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of conversation with one or two of the main players to say, right, who, what sort of thing are you wanting? Who are you liking? Yeah. Who, who, what, what works for you? So as he gets an idea, so as he does bring in a balanced staff that works well with the uh, the playing staff that we have. Yeah, definitely. So what would you deem a successful season under Mosley come next April after the end of the regular season, guys? Um, honestly, let's be fair, we're still likely to be in um, the lottery contention again next season, aren't we? Regardless of what happens, coach hire or draft picks, whether we trade up or whatever, let's, let's be honest, we are expecting to be a lottery team again. So as far as I'm concerned, uh, I want to see good development of our, of our youth. Uh, you want to see Cole come on. You want to see RJ uh, grow. Apparently, he already has done that. Only three inches. Yeah. <laughs> That's hell of a summer. I'm going to say that lad's been uh, getting some serious manoeuvring on. But, uh that's that's amazing but yeah that's the sort of thing I'm wanting to see good development um, those positive shoots you wanting to see us be competitive you wanting to see us have uh, good understanding as a team you know starting to see that the working from the back court through to the front good continuity of play uh, a good understanding of what the coach wants um, and as I said growth of the players uh, yeah we all want to see us back in the playoffs is that necessarily if we got it next season is it too soon could be who knows um, I I just want whoever comes in to be given a couple of years of no pressure to allow them to develop the team um, I won't judge this coach a success until we. I wouldn't look at it until two years time um, I think we're setting. If we start setting goals of what's a success, um, it becomes very difficult. You do start to have. Well, are you developing? Are you wanting to win games? Are you wanting to push for the playoffs? Are you wanting to get into the um, playing game? Or if you fall short of that and you're looking at being one of the worst records again, which is where we've been, is that a failure? It's a failure as far as wins are concerned, but it's not, not necessarily a failure if the team are growing. Um, and I, I'll tell you what I want, an injury-free season. There you go. That's top of my list. So, uh, so, as we can, yeah. so as we can have, so we can actually see what we've got. Yeah. Yeah, that was top yeah. of my list, getting through the season without any major injuries, because if the players can't practice or play, they're not yeah. going to develop, are they? Um, I think another another thing getting Isaac Foltz back on the floor. Um, I think we all somewhat expect Isaac to come back 
maybe at the start of the season or early on in the season, faults later on, maybe after Christmas into the new year. Um, and then hopefully at the end of the season, we can see some of the, the group of these players starting to put something together that we can carry into, into the following season. And then as Paul's talking about, that second year we can use then to start figuring out who who do we want, who's going to be our starter, who's going to be our rotation players, who else can we bring in to sort of fit that mould of what we want. And then that following year is when we're going to hopefully try and push on from there. Um, this, first, this first year is about building an identity. Exactly, exactly. Um, can we see a jump from Mobamba? I think he needs a new lease of life and hopefully we'll get that with a new head coach. Um, we've already said we're not expecting a lot of wins, but we've also got some decisions to make on Terence Ross, Harris, Bamba and Carter are both due extensions as well. So we want to see at least one of those guys develop into something um, because we've got a big decision to make either at the deadline or next off season with them. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We're not expecting it to translate into many wins this year, but I don't know if, if we play hard, we play defensively. If we play well defensively is the play in tournament within reach possibly. This is just, I was just going to say, I agree with everything you guys have said, but I would like a couple of meaningful games. Yeah. So if you're in and around that 10-11 slot and you, you know, you've got a couple of games that you know have got that playoff atmosphere, that will only help the players down the line. So you've got that pressure cooker situation um, and then we can see how they handle it. So if we can, like you guys have said, we're not expecting many, many wins, but if the East is what the East is normally is, you know, you know it's a little bit weaker than the West, uh, and you've got an opportunity to get into the play-in, um, then it's it's experience, isn't it? So this conversation is going to be an awful lot easier once we've had the draft, and then once we've had free agency, because we don't know what what we're looking at as a squad yet. No, we don't really know. Um, it's at the minute. Josh said it. It's, throw everything at the wall and see what sticks at this moment in time um, we have a lot of nice pieces uh, do we, we, let's be fair even towards the end of the season we were still within reach of that playing tournament it was only in the latter few weeks where we did start to drop away from it and properly I'm not going to say we tanked but we, uh, we definitely we, we definitely <laughs> rapidly moved away from being in consideration it wasn't, I know from writing the game previews, there were many times where I'm looking and thinking, two or three, they lose a game, they lose a couple of games and we win a couple. We're right in that position. So what's to say that we actually can't make that position again this year, that we can't actually get into there? Um, so yeah, uh, I'd be quite happy with some meaningful basketball again, but I don't think we're there. No. Yeah. At this moment. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, Mikey put a post out a couple of days ago and asked uh, everyone who they'd like to see uh, wearing the draft hat. So, um, so we're going to have a little bit of a little bit of a game here now. So, draft pick predictions. Okay, you've opened yourself up to this, Mikey. So, after Josh's uh, super breakdown you know, if, in the last I could, episode, I could reach you've got to make this. sure you. I could reach through this screen and slap Mikey for this because I am, <laughs> I either. I either... If I pick somebody that we get right, the player's cursed. 
Or that means you win, Paul. It means you win. No, 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 no. The player, uh, the team. All right, I might get it right, but the team are cursed because every time I get one right, they've turned out to be a right nugget. Um, or we go, we don't get the right player, and you look at him and subsequently, oh no, really? But hey, go on. Crack on, yeah. let's do it. Let's so, do so it. just going back to it, yeah. So if you haven't listened to the last podcast, Josh has uh, Josh Cohen went into great depth on a number of prospects that could potentially, you know, be drafted by the Magic, giving us his uh, strengths, weaknesses, uh, potential on a lot of um, different prospects. So, guys, um, we pick at five and eight, uh, and also at thirty-three. So, who would you draft at those numbers, or would you make a deal to try and get to a certain spot for a certain player? So let's have your predictions and then we'll see how it fares against uh, the rest of uh, the Magic UK community. Let's go with Paul first because he's chomping at the bit. Yeah, you know I love these bits. Um, I would love to see us try and put something together to move up the draft. I would absolutely love us to do that. I don't think we are going to. Um so I'm saying that we're going with Kaminga at five. Um, I'd be tempted to say Wagner at eight, but that would be two um, in the, drafted two in the same position. So I don't think that'll happen. Um, let's go for the guy from Turkey, Sengen, at eight, as a, okay. a centre. And I didn't know we were doing 30-odd. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyone. In fact, i tell you what, we'll put a package together with, involving that one and a couple of, and Mo Bamber and, a, and something else and we'll get uh, Kay Cunningham at one when we move up. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that'll work? Mo Bamber and the 33rd pick for... Uh, uh, I don't know. We want to get the Detroit Pistons UK on and see if they'd bite. I doubt they would. How about you, Mikey? In in defence, right? I was just giving some for people something to talk about on Twitter. It wasn't I wasn't uh trying to stitch anyone up. Um well I've stitched myself up here. Um Kaminga's the obvious pick at five, I think, if he falls to us. At eight. I think I think you've got to go for somebody like Kispert or Moody. We need shooting. I think you need some somebody who's probably a little bit more of a ready-made prospect, whereas Kaminga's got a lot of development still to do. So I'm going to go Kaminga and Moody. That's going to be my two picks. And I don't think we're going to pick 33rd. We're going to trade it. There's no way we're bringing in three rookies on top of what we've already got. There's not a chance. So I think we'll probably trade that back for another couple of years. Um, So, yeah. Kaminga and Moody, that'd be my two picks. The only thing about that 33rd pick is essentially, you know, a late first round pick because you can have a couple of people drop. Um, So I've actually picked somebody. Well, I've, one of three, actually, but there we go. Um, so for oh, me man. at five, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that. I'll do fifth, fifth <laughs> and the eighth bit. 
So again, uh, it's between Kaminga and possibly Scotty Barnes, whose uh, value is rising from all accounts. But having watched uh, the YouTube videos, I'd go Kaminga. But at eight, um, now I know you said he was a bit of a project, but Keon Johnson, uh, the shooting guard from Tennessee, uh, fast, explosive. I know we get that on RJ Hampton. But a bit like what you guys said, uh, he's a guard, whereas Kaminga's a forward. Um, but Mikey made a good shout with that with the, the Turkish guy. Um, Paul did. He could. Not me. It was me. Oh, Paul did. My bad, Paul. My bad. Sorry, right, man. Um, but then at thirty-three, <laughs> at thirty-three, um, was a guy called Jackson from Kentucky, six foot ten, forward centre, comparable to Mitchell Robinson. Um, you know, as a third stringer, you could bring him in if you want to just uh, get the roster um, padded out. Um, but then there's a couple of others that um, were mentioned by Josh. Josh Christopher, shooting guard from Arizona State. Um, well, there's another guy, a Croatian fella, Rocco Perkan, I think, six foot nine uh, forward. But again, well, we're about to have him round. then, aren't we? Is, is, is I, I'm just looking through the list to see who's got the hardest name to pronounce so we can draft them just for Paul <laughs> and, you, and you agree it's him? yeah I'll go with that G yeah, yeah. okay cool yeah. alright do you but, think we're uh, going to trade up G? I'd like to but I can't see any of the top four budget so I'm hesitant to, to just try and put something together uh, and you guys know I, I quite like Mo Bamba and we've mentioned it earlier in the pod. He's got an opportunity now with a new head coach. So let's see what he can do uh, and try and get into his potential. Um, so I would move him just to move up a couple of places. That's, that's one of the reasons. That's one of the reasons I wonder if we'd go for Sengen. A, a, a new, he's played internationally. Is it 18, coming up 19, something like that? Played internationally, I think he's in, is it Besiktas in Turkey? Um, so he's got experience and he's a, is he somebody who can chat, who can push Mo in that position? And if yeah. it gives it, it gives us a ready opportunity to uh, make use of an asset as well. If if you ask me, if we draft Sengun, I think Bamba's getting traded before the season starts yeah. because you need a veteran centre to come in and play behind Wendell and Sengun, personally. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they drafted him maybe eighth or in and around there. <clears throat> I would expect Wendell or Mo to probably be moved. Do you guys agree? Yeah, Wait, I, yeah. You know... Best one in the world, you know. I've, I've got. I think that uh, Mo's on his way. I, 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 I don't see him. I don't see him having a long-term future with us. Yeah, we shall see. Uh, so we will be having a, a draft uh, party of uh, sorts, like a little bit like we did with the lottery. So keep your eyes peeled on all the socials for details of that. That'll probably be happening next couple of. Weeks, Mike, did you think? Yeah, I'll probably post it the week before because what we got yeah. now, it's just no. under three weeks to the draft. So, yeah, 
Um, the same same principles before. Hopefully, we'll get a few more people involved. Um, I think Dan Savage has already told us, has already messaged me to say he's happy to come and join us. So uh, hopefully, if we can get some more guys on from the Magic, that'd be that'd be cool. Brilliant, good stuff. Uh, so just quickly, just touch upon the NBA Finals. So after watching the first two games, guys. Any thoughts on how Milwaukee can make a series of it after dropping game two, 118, 108 to the Phoenix Suns? What do you think Phoenix have got it in the bag? I think Phoenix are looking superb. They've uh, they've worked out how to play Giannis. Um, Haki Giannis seems to be working quite well for them. Um, the books have got a very big fight on the hand. Chris Paul, Devin Booker... Bridges, uh, Aiton are all playing some really good basketball. You're not just talking about one player who is performing. They are performing as a team. Um, when they bring Cameron Payne in, uh, Johnson, they, they're just looking, they just look a good team. Um, the books are back at home. They've got two games back at home. And for me, they have to win both those games. Otherwise, I think Mikey's prediction of 5-1 is going to be, uh, sorry, 4-1 is going to be correct. They are looking in trouble. They're looking in trouble for me. Um, they've got to find a way of getting some more regular scoring and stopping the bleeding because they, they're laying some points in. I disagree that they Ooh. figured out how to play Yanis. Really? He still, he still put up 42 the other night. He needs help. <laughs> That's the reason they're losing games. To me, when I say, mate, when well, I say that they figured out how to play him, they know they know he's getting. You're not going to. It's like you're not going to stop in every game a superstar player like he is. He's an he's been an MVP for a reason. You're not going to stop them. But I think uh, when I say they figured out how to play him, they know how to set defensively. They know they know what his game is. They figured out that if you if you foul him, he's, he's Instead of letting him get to the line, uh, get to the basket and drop two points on you, they know that by fouling him, they're only potentially going to only get one conceded. Um, that's what I'm meaning. They've figured out how to reduce his scoring. I should have perhaps phrased it better. Um, they've, they've figured out how to reduce his scoring to to reduce the impact that he has. It's still going it, to. You're never going to stop certain players. You know, you can have. Look at LeBron and Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant. These players are always going to put points up. They're always going to score on you. It's, it's All you can do is... Yeah. You, you let him get his and you defend everybody else. We saw it when, but, when we had Dwight years ago, didn't we? Teams yeah. used to play us and go, right, we'll let Dwight get his, his numbers and his stats, but everybody else, we're going to stay out on the perimeter. We're going to guard the three. Sorry, Paul. Go on. <laughs> no, it's all right. Carry on, mate. It's fine. Um, I do, but I do genuinely think that they've uh, worked him out, though. I do think they've worked him out on how to reduce his his impact. Yeah. Um, I know. I texted you yesterday and said I'm feeling fairly confident about my sons in five prediction, but I will say this: the Nets series, they looked down and out after two games against Brooklyn because they were two 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 nil down. Mm. And then Bud made his his changes, uh, made his his adjustments, and they turned up and won the series in seven. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if we see a different Bucks team turn up in Game Three. Um, but I just 
I don't know. I, I'm just surprised Giannis is playing as well as he is, considering the injury he had. I mean, we talked about this with Josh the other night. Like, I thought his season was done, and so did he, the way he went down. But Everybody did, didn't they? Of course. But he's he's playing yeah. so well. But, I mean, Middleton, I think, put up 11 points the other evening. They need more from him. Um, obviously, they're going to be back home. They're going to have home court advantage and the fans behind them. So that might give them a little bit of advantage. But... I just don't see the, the Suns have got so much shooting. You got eight and inside. Um, I mean, when when CP3 and Booker are getting uh, guarded by Brooke Lopez, I mean, it's barbecue chicken, as Shaq used to say. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I still think it's going to be Suns in five, but I do feel that the Bucks are going to make some serious adjustments where they make it a lot more of a tighter tied to series the rest of the way yeah for, for me it's all, all down to Chris Middleton um, the, the guy, my, um, he's um, actually uh, Rich Barrett's favourite player so shout out to Rich there because he loves Chris Middleton not um, but Middleton yeah he can be great but then he just goes missing and then he gets slated by the media and then he comes good again and you think alright he's going to be okay and then he has another rubbish game so it's almost like you need to be a bit more consistent. Um, when Milwaukee uh, and Middleton play well, um, they win. But if Middleton doesn't turn up, um, Giannis hasn't got enough help. Um, so a bit like what you guys have said, the Suns' defense is keyed in on you know stopping the others as well as you know clogging the lane and letting Giannis have his. So um, not all over yet. Um, key that they win the next two Milwaukee on their home court uh, I'm still sticking with uh, Phoenix in six for now. It'll be interesting to see how Phoenix respond if they go down big early in the game and they're having to chase a, chase a deficit whereas the Suns have been getting that half-time lead and the Bucks are having to do all the work aren't they in the second half so they, they, have, ch- they have chased a lead in the last game though didn't they? The the books came out and put a decent lead on. I think there was a good uh, was 10, 10, 15 points lead that they got. But, uh, I, it's it's far from over. It's far from over. But for me, they have to win these next two games, and they have to find some consistency on the road. But uh, to something to silence the crowd, because that's it, they're having a hard time. They're having a hard time on the road. There we go. So, thank you, guys. Um, as always, for all the latest news, follow Orlando Magic UK on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please subscribe to the podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube by searching Penny for Your Thoughts. Uh, please, visit, please visit our website at orlandomagicuk.com and use our affiliate links and 10% discount codes with MAGICUK10. Uh, on Fanatics for all your merchandise needs, including Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning jerseys, T-shirts, caps, whatever. Uh, also, you buy England shirts if if you if you wish, or Italian shirts uh, if you like. Denmark. Scott, no, they didn't do that. Did they? Uh, they didn't do oh, that. No, they not. Right? Oh, I they'd they be heavily discounted now. Oh, very good. <laughs> very good. Very good. So um, until next time, guys. Forza Italia. Oh, no, we're not <laughs> finishing it there. We are not finishing it there. Go on, Mikey. Go, Magic.